Wellness Grubs Games, Games and Grub. Games and Grub, best podcast on the planet. You guys are great. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. It's Games and Grub with your host, Brian Gallagher. Hey, we know Brian Gallagher. Gallagher has trained for months and months for this moment. Zach Passios. The Mr. Zachary Passios. Some are saying that he's rivaling the talents of Zachary Passios. And Aiden Hatton. Aiden is like Kyler Murray. I've coined him the Marquette Marvel because what can't he do? Live on Marquette Radio. And that's right, live from the Marquette Radio Studios, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, it is Radio's Restaurant, the saloon of sports talk, from the diner booth to the radio booth, Games and Grub right here on MUR, we've got you for the next 90 minutes, it's our first full show in what feels like forever, Aiden Hatton back with you, and I'm here, flanked by my two co-hosts, like two wide receivers in the slot, Brian Gallagher. How we doing today? I'm on the outside, Aiden. I'm not in the slot. Yeah, you're not a slot receiver. Okay. He, doesn't, he doesn't like getting gritty like that. So having the, to having to block for for running backs coming off the edge. That that's more of the it's more of that grit that I'm going to bring to the field. Okay, and then the outside wide receiver. So like Devonte Adams later on in his career, Zachary Passios. Yeah, how we doing this morning? It's great to be back. It's a great fall Saturday. Again, we've got you for the next 90 minutes. Great show coming up for you with a lot of fun segments, including the return of an advertisement. So we have not, since our first uh, Bishop Sycamore ad, we lost some money and no one really wanted to come to us to have more sponsorships here on Games and Grub because we apparently fell out of the trust circle. But someone has come back to us and we are lucky to air uh, their ad this morning. So that's coming up in half an hour from now. We've also got a little winter sports preview, NHL and NBA coming up as well as your accoutrements that you're used to. Top five tweets, trivia to go. Zach's Zebras is coming back with a positive spin on it, spoiler alert, and much, much more. So you can call us up at 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. And on Twitter and Instagram right now, we are live on Instagram at GrubMUR. So you can go join us there, live on IG at GrubMUR for our intro uh we're about to sign off there so again you can get on us on twitter and instagram at grub mur so we have to start like we always start which is going on our best foods of the week so brian zach is there anybody that is really 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 passionate about the best food they had this week i'm very passionate about the best food i had this week Um, when me and zach went to walmart about a week and a half ago to get some apple pie um, some like pumpkin pie ingredients and I went to the cereal aisle just stood there for about five minutes scanning browsing weighing my options and I'm happy to say I made the right option there there are a lot of choices on those it, aisles the, the cereal aisle is a tough one because you, you're not going to get more than one box if it's just you eating it unless you eat like a lot of cereal and I'm I don't need to eat that much cereal like I used to so I, I went with a box of Reese's Puffs can't go wrong i've enjoyed every single bowl i've had i've had like almost a bowl every day for the past week 
solid purchase. It only took you one bowl. You you didn't finish it until today. So I, finished, I finished it last night. Okay. Okay. I usually go through boxes of cereal in maybe two, three days if I get one. Yeah, I, I've yeah. been trying. I try to ration myself. Like like back when I used to be at home in high school, I could sit down, gallon of milk, box of cereal, finish both. Sounds pretty good. Um, I'm not a big Reese's Puff. What was it? Reese's Puff? Yeah, Reese's Puff. I'm not a big Reese's Puff guy. Why not? Uh, you know, there are better cereals out there, and I like to give respect to those cereals. Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch? Yep. Not Captain. Captain. Captain Crunch? You're Captain. C-A-P- Apostrophe N, right? Yeah. Yeah. Zach is Captain. C-A-P-P-I-N apostrophe. Nope. So my favorite food that I ate this week was not a cereal. It actually, it changed from this morning because we did have some donuts at home this morning from... Shout out Donut Squad. Yeah, Donut Squad. Up on the Lower East Side? No, so upper, upper, upper East Side. Kind of by Bradford Beach. Yeah. Uh, little little hole-in-the-wall place, right? Really good donuts. Yeah, Total just hole in the wall. right in the parking garage almost. Yeah. Um, it, you, you'll miss it the first time you drive by. She called it the Slim Shady Donut. It's the donut with all the M&Ms on it. Oh. Really good donuts. Um, and that took over my Shake Shack burger that I had yesterday. Just the regular uh, Shack burger. The extra shack sauce? Regular shack sauce. Extra shack sauce. No. 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 Way to go, Bridget. I never had a cheeseburger that tastes like that. (laughs) (laughs) If you you were listening last week, (laughs) the second half of that was Brian going over the best or worst food of your week. Worst food of my month, maybe. (laughs) So that was... If you listen real closely, he says, "I never had a cheeseburger that tastes like tastes like that." Let's let's roll it back one more time. I never had a cheeseburger that tastes like that. So that's Brian talking about uh, cheeseburger pizza from Sal's, and that Sal's pizza again comes in at second place for me with the best food for this week, similar to Zach talking about Shake Shack. But to me, the best food I had this week was something I made myself, and we've talked about this before numerous times on Games and Grub. How something you make yourself. Sometimes just tastes better. And the fact that I took a page out of Fairgrounds Cafe's book out here in Milwaukee, local, a somewhat local coffee shop. Uh, they've expanded to Chicago and some other cities um, from Milwaukee. But the breakfast sandwich on a brioche bun, guys, I'm about to put this on like a change.org petition something that every breakfast sandwich now has to be on brioche bun because the texture of having that thicker bun, I've had breakfast sandwiches on bagels, on English muffins, on any other bread that you can think of. I think on on like the farmhouse bread from the grocery stores, you get sliced. Having it on a brioche, maybe it gives out some hamburger vibes because that texture that it gives to a regular breakfast sandwich, and I might add, adding scrambled eggs to that sandwich instead of an over-easy or a, or a fried. Having scrambled eggs plus the brioche bun, to me, is like two great running backs. It's like Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott right now at the Cowboys, and we'll get into the NFL later on in the show. But both of those together make the ideal breakfast sandwich. So that's my best food this week. Uh, you have never had a breakfast sandwich that tastes like that. I never had a cheeseburger that tastes like that. 414-288-7091. Again, that's 414-288-7091. And on Twitter and Instagram as well, at GrubMUR. Brian wanted to give a give a segment to 
the winter sports, specifically the NBA. And I, as well, wanted to do something on the winter sports as well with the NHL. So, Well, it's, it's funny, you know. I think you guys are crazy. Sorry, I, the fo- NFL still going? You're talking about hockey and NBA right now? What is this? Aiden, well, you're the one that tells me. we got a caller yeah, on the gotta, line. we, we got a caller on the line. Let's, let's see, who let's it see is. what the next caller has to say. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, what's up, boys? It's a certified little guy. <laughs> All right. Greg, how are we doing this morning? CLG is on the I'm, air. I'm, I'm doing real good this morning. I'm doing real good. All right. I want you to walk outside, go a couple doors down, walk inside our kitchen, and grab yourself a nice donut. Like a quarter of a donut. We're, we're kind of cutting them up and rationing them. So maybe like a, an eighth to a quarter of a donut would be <laughs> adequate. Maybe two eighths of two right. different donuts. <laughs> I, I had I had to chime in on this on this food the food uh, discussion this morning because I I tell you what I had some I had some solid solid eats this week. Oh, perfect! Go ahead. What did you, what was the best food you had this week? Well, I gotta say it's a tie. It's a tie. Um, one day I went out, out to dinner with Stephanie and we went to Tupelo Honey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been, yeah, to, I've been, eyes, I've been we, to Tupelo Honey, Greg. Eyes, I know what's up. The eyes have been set on Tupelo Honey. What'd you get there? Dude, I got the, uh, I think it was like the country uh, fried chicken and waffles, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it hit different. No, and then it's... we got like these, like the the potato crispers oh, with the parmesan. Oh my god! It's a real southern <laughs> place. It's a real southern place. They bring that su- that southern vibe to a northern. Oh my city. gosh! Tupelo yeah. honey on the south so side good. of downtown. Southern food. Go there. Raycrest Street from the public. What, what did it tie? I'm wondering because yeah. that that's pretty good. Lucky guy. Now, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a good week this week. <laughs> Uh, so, so our boy Patrick Hetledge, he he brought in some some a delicacy from the St. Louis area. He brought in some gooey butter cookies, which by themselves are crazy good. But then these ones he brought this week were pumpkin flavored, and. I tell you what, boys, you gotta you gotta get your hands on some of these. These are some of the best cookies I've ever had in my life. Yeah, so I don't think I've ever seen these in my life. I just had to look it up online, and I, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I'm telling you what, they're so good. Take and they're like a St. Louis thing, so I tried not to like them. <laughs> but it's actually saying a lot that I couldn't get enough of them. You know what, Greg? If you have any of those cookies, go ahead, take a full donut, put two cookies in its spot, and we'll call that an even trade. You think I haven't eaten the whole box of cookies already? <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> full disclosure, Greg is one of our neighbors on the street, so that's why we're making jokes about him coming over to our house and grabbing one of our donuts, which are very open on the counter right now they're yeah wide, wide open <laughs> wide open they're, they're about to get uh know, stale might, soon, might so. come over and take the whole box go <laughs> for it watch out we, we got an attack dog <laughs> we have a games <laughs> right. his name is humphrey so he'll come and he'll find out <laughs> all right greg well i appreciate you and we appreciate you coming on and joining the food discussion and really giving some props to st louis cuisine as well yeah i i have to give it where, i have to give props where it's due you know <laughs> First call of the morning, Greg. We appreciate it. I'm sure we'll see you soon. All right, have a good, have a good morning, guys. All right, yep. you too. Thank you. There he goes, Greg Van Hollen, our roommate and market cross country veteran. 
um, certified little guy, according to you, right, Brian? Yeah, CLG. CLG. How did he originally get? I think that was one of the shows I was out. He, How did he get? He, that? he was talking about Drake or something, and then I just I just dubbed him the CLG certified little guy because he is approximately five. Gotta eight, love Greg. Five, Gotta yes. love Greg. Oh, great, great guy. Great guy. Uh, again, for height purposes, he was he's approximately what. Five eight, five seven. Small guy. Smaller than small that, guy. Just maybe? certified small. Just certified small. Yeah. So you to know CLG. He's bigger than you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> hey. He's faster than me. Height, height. Faster than all of us combined. <laughs> height doesn't measure heart. Uh, speaking of height doesn't measure heart. Um, I know my sister's listening, so thank you to my sister listening. Uh, speaking of certified little, um, getting taller though. You know, I feel like we used to do shout-outs all the time in the, like, first and second year of Games and Grub. It was, like, a big traditional thing that, oh, I know my family's listening here. I know Greg's listening right now. Hi, Greg. And uh, I'll shout-out my mom's crew again who are in Florida right now. Uh, delayed COVID vacation for her college girlfriends. So hello to you, and I know you're listening. Maybe having some morning mimosas too even. But yep, not from- all. For me, shout out LeBron James for listening to the pod right now. Oh, thanks. appreciate all the, all the support <laughs> and love. Shout out, shout out, Peyton and Eli. <laughs> appreciate you guys listening in. I know you guys are working hard in the lab on the Manning cast, yeah, but no. uh, ten thirty a.m. every week they're listening. So they're not as busy <laughs> these days as Cooper Manning, so that's why he's not listening. <laughs> um, not everybody can be in Florida this morning. Some of us have to be, you know, fighting the forty-eight degree weather that we have this morning, and to that. The fact that it dips under 50 degrees, it feels like we have to talk about winter sports already. And that begins our NHL and NBA foray this morning. First, I'll start with hockey because we'll play well, it in a b- second. But b- before, we, before we get into the, into the uh, I guess, the specifics the meat on of the, the hockey, yeah, the meat on the bone, I want to say this about this special time of the year. Oh, boy. Baseball is still finishing up. Football midseason. And then we get blessed with early NHL, early NBA. And for you Boston guys, you New England guys, you have the real opportunity to be able to watch all four of your major sports teams on the same day or possibly in the same weekend. Same weekend. So if uh, the Red Sox push their series to seven, there can be all, all four teams playing on the same weekend. Sox, Bruins, Pats, Celtics. Yep. Tell me that's not just a like a just a freaking jolt it of, happens of local sports <laughs> happens a lot you know? yeah it happens a lot eh? it's a matter of time but yes way to go for the <laughs> um i just got a text from my mom happy to be mentioned alongside lebron and the manning bros so there we go <laughs> so there's way to go bridget <laughs> thanks for joining in on that uh but yes it is a great time to be a sports fan and that starts the beginning of hockey and basketball season and i want to start with the nhl because there's no X's and O's to be talked about right now. Obviously, it's October 16th. Same with the NBA, but Brian will tell you otherwise in a few minutes. But to me, the biggest story about the NHL that started and I think deserves credibility this week on October 16th on a national sports radio show, which we are, international even, because we've covered some international sports, I think, is expansion and obviously the NHL this year expanded to Seattle and everyone across sports media is fawning over these Seattle Kraken jerseys right all positive no negative we've heard so much great things about these Seattle Kraken jerseys and their opening night opponent 
was the Vegas Golden Knights, who were actually the last NHL expansion team back in 2017. So it got me thinking, got me racking my brain about how great these last two expansion uniforms have been for the NHL. And we went back in the history books. I blessed the Games and Grub Research Department, me, with a project. Go back to the last five NHL expansion teams, expansion cities specifically. How great were their uniforms? Speaking of this NHL on ESPN theme song, did you see that ESPN poured so much time, money, and energy into developing a six-minute documentary specifically about the NHL on ESPN theme song narrated by Justin Bieber? I told you, he's he's a Canadian guy. He's big, he's big into hockey. He's also big, he's just a big sports guy. I heard he's ju- he's just like any other fan where he's talking to these celebrities that are also players, and he's like, "You should have played better. You should have done this better." So normal <laughs> the, guy at the end of the day. The Beebs. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll catch him on skates. See see if he's got any sauce on the end of the twig. So the more I listen to this NHL on the ESPN theme, it is golden, and so are as a teaser those Golden Knight uniforms. Let's start with number five. Again, the top five uniform rankings, the last five NHL expansion teams in honor of the Seattle Kraken's first game this week. Number five comes to us at the 1998 Nashville Predators. Now, if you go back to 1998, the Preds have had some pretty good success since then in an expansion city for hockey. The Preds made a Stanley Cup final 2017. But these initial expansion uniforms do not make the top two on my list. We have a completely average co- color scheme. Yeah, but I, these jerseys are better than the Preds jerseys now. Now they kind of got like a like an ugly yellow that's like the whole top. I like the the blue, the white, and the silver kind of symphony of colors. So we went. I, I linked it in the topic list. We have these specific 98 uniforms. To me, it's a completely average color scheme. Navy, gray, gold. And what makes it really unappetizing to me is the team logo. So I'm still not a fan of this in 2021. And I didn't even know what it signified until I did the research or gave the project to the Games Grove research team during the week. You ready for this? This is from Wikipedia. The logo was a reference to a partial Smilodon skeleton or saber-toothed cat found beneath downtown Nashville in 1971 during construction of the first American National Bank building, which is now the UBS Tower. So they found this, reported the saber-toothed cat's partial, in 1971. What does that have to do with hockey? What does that have to do with Nashville besides the construction? The Predators. It was a complete miss, and that comes in at number five to me. Number four, we look at the Atlanta Thrashers of 1999. What's a thrasher? The Thrasher, let me at, let me answer you. It, it looks like it actually, looks like a bowl. It's actually the Georgia State Bird. So, oh, the Thrashers, Brian, played their first game in 1999, but were gone by 2011 as the NHL relocated them to Winnipeg and brought back the Winnipeg Jets, which are an example of an old city getting a new team. Didn't count those again. Now the Thrashers, the Thrasher, as I mentioned, is Georgia State Bird. And it's a pretty cool set of logos, like you just said. What are you looking at from from a radio perspective? It, it looks like the the white jerseys looks like a bowl with a hockey stick that's mixing it. 
Okay, that's 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 good. Now look at the face of the bird on the top right of the bowl. You see the face of the bird? Bird kind of wraps around itself. Yeah, like a little like a little bit. I see it now, now that I'm zooming in. But I am uh, in love with these away jerseys. I don't know yeah. what it is with the bird kind of looking straight at you with its wings out, kind of down. It's coming for you. It's coming for you. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, back in 1999, to me, what misses the mark here is the color scheme. Navy, maroon, and a dark orange. Not as visually appealing. Good ideas, really, and accoutrements with the tri triangled arrows sweeping across the bottom, almost like what the plane follows on a tarmac at night. Well, I think I think you also have to you also have to take into consideration this might not look good on a football field that type of color scheme, but, but these guys white. are playing on on ice on yeah. hockey, so I think they have like the the jersey mechanics too. when designing them a little bit different. It, maybe it gives you a little bit more freedom. Number three is the 2000 Columbus Blue Jackets, and this one to me is defined by its logo. An amazing symbol of creativity. The logo is a stylized version of the flag of Ohio, which is a burgee, actually a swallowtail pennant, in the form of a sea wrapped around a star, representing both patriotism and Columbus's status as state capital. So it was used as an alternate logo starting in 03, and it became the primary logo. They brought it back as part of a Reebok-sponsored redesign for the 07-08 season. But this original logo, a red ribbon with 13 stars representing the 13 colonies, unfurled in the shape of the team's initials, CBJ, Columbus Blue Jackets. And it has an electric gold hockey stick cutting through the center to represent the J, again, business majors we sometimes hear the term hockey stick growth kind of looks like a j at the end of it so and then the star on top of the stick represents columbus status as state capital now now as we move on to the number two team the newest team the number two nhl expansion team uniform on our ranking is the 2021 seattle kraken Woo! now i think we might be able to give out this title we might have to give it some more thought but Seattle is definitely in the running for best pro sports jerseys, top to bottom. Uh, and I'll include Supersonics, Supersonics, Seahawks, the Kraken. They're up there. So go down the list. They're so the up Seahawks, there. Seahawks. The Seahawks. The puke green Seahawks jerseys? <laughs> Battle green. Oh, my gosh. All Battle right. Green. So you see, I think what makes a jersey great is when you can play against another team and they kind of work against any other colored team scheme that you play against. So if you can look different and like yourself, in these black jerseys, are you going to look a little bit like Vegas Golden Knights wearing a black jersey? No, probably not because yeah. they got the blue in it, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's a different type a of A little black. bit of different. Yeah. And they, you know what I love about it? They got three different types of blue on here. Yes. Three different shades of kind of the same looking blue, but you can tell it's different over the black with the red, what, backdrop? The inside of the jacket's going to be red. That red, right. that red fits in nice. So the takeaway for me with Seattle is I'm officially in on teal sports uniforms. The Dolphins, their shade of teal works. They just have bad lettering and numbering styles around it. It's like the 2017 Cavs. LeBron just couldn't win NBA Finals around that direct roster. But Seattle, they have the teal lettering, the navy base like Zach just mentioned. 
and an S that has a red eye, signifying it's supposed to look like a Kraken. That's the only weakness in this jersey. I don't really see the personification or Krakenification, if you will. But regardless, the fact that the jersey reaffirms my commitment to teal sports uniforms pushes it up to number two. Have you ever seen the N7, Nike N7 series uniforms that are supposed to support Native Americans and Native Heritage Month? Absolutely. So... Are those the similar color teal blue that that these Kraken jerseys are? I'd say it's pretty in? similar. It is pretty similar. Now, the thing that I love about the Kraken jerseys is it's not overwhelming. It's got that white and the black to kind of take it take it out, whereas right. these Marquette jerseys we saw a couple years ago were just the entire jersey was that blue that kind of just shined right in your face. Couldn't really see much else. So I, I bought on it. You got me. We're in. We're in Seattle Kraken. We're in. I don't know. I wouldn't go as far as Brian saying they're the best city uniforms in America for in terms of a sports city, but number one on this number one city on this expansion team best uniform rankings since the last five expansion teams that the NHL came up with. That they've actually gotten their second pro sports team and they could be in the running because number one is the team the Kraken played on Tuesday night, the Vegas Golden Knights. Steel gray, gold, and red. Now, when I think of Las Vegas, boys, the color I think of when I think of LV is red because of Sin City, gambling. I don't know. It just comes to me. I, so I think of I think of gold. Yeah, I see yeah. gold. The money, like the sil- silver and gold, I think is a is a good exactly. good touch to put in there. So put our heads together. I almost thought of gold as well because of Vegas gold. My high school actually had Vegas gold as one of the official team colors because of the money of the greatness show me the money show me the money so gold and red to me with the vegas that has the knight logo that has the you know knight head shaped like a v for vegas to me it works the lettering is great the numbering is great that's my number one the 2017 vegas golden knights rack the top of the list of this year's whoa 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 but we have an honorable mention oh. because Aiden's expansion team rules are a load of BS oh because he went from 1998 to 1999 to 2000 to 2021 and in that period my Minnesota Wild became a team after not having a team for more than seven years after the Minnesota North Stars so went you're telling south, me they already had a team and then they left the, for the, some the reason? The team left. Why would a team leave Minnesota? They went from the North Stars to just the Stars, which makes no sense because like the North Stars is like a real thing for everybody. Anyways. Stars <laughs> are things for everybody in, too, Brian. In 2000, Minnesota introduced the new team, the Wild, with the beautiful white forest green and red color scheme that we have n- come to know and love and yet Aiden chose to neglect them because it wasn't an expansion city it was just an expansion team explain yourself Seattle Las Vegas Columbus Atlanta and which one am I missing? Nashville Nashville all were getting teams for the first time and obviously Seattle this year is in the news for getting a hockey team for the first time. I didn't count Minnesota, and uh, an, ex- an example of which was the last one I just mentioned. Winnipeg. Winnipeg, exactly. Yeah. Those two teams have already had 
teams before, which would dilute and to me make too long of a list. I kept it to teams that were getting the cities for the first time, which I honestly think is pretty fair. Now, now whether how specific Aiden's rules are or not, at least the NHL is willing to experiment with expansion teams, unlike the NBA. What a transition. The NBA has chosen to not expand in almost 20 years. When, when was the last new NBA team we got? Since the, well, if you count the New Orleans-Charlotte swap. Yeah, the New Orleans-Charlotte swap, that was one. We, we've had some name changes. But again, that, some, that's an example of the Charlotte Hornets already had a team. Yeah, because they were the Bobcats, they were and the then Bobcats. they were the Hornets, and then the Hornets moved, and then, yeah, all, all that. All that mess. So 2004-05 was the last time anything really changed in the NBA. In the NBA. And I know people have been asking for the Supersonics to get reintroduced. Um, they've asked for teams in, like, I've heard Louisville. I've heard maybe another team in, like, Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of big cities that don't have NBA teams right. still. And it's such a it's such a popular sport, such a growing sport. You'd think, and I've the the one that really kind of raises my eyebrows is a team in Mexico City. Yeah, so that would, that would be very country. interesting. That would yeah. that would be very interesting. I think there's a great market for it down there. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think there's great market for basketball everywhere. It's it, just it's just how well would the logistics work with traveling and such. So going overseas, like in the NFL, you have a whole week to travel to London, but in the NBA, we we're really kind of stuck with Canada and uh, and Mexico. <laughs> yeah, we actually I went down a rabbit hole on Twitter the other week of Big East expansion, uh, and people were saying Gonzaga or bust. But yeah. think about a team you have to go. You're coming from the East Coast. You got to go all the way out to Gonzaga, yeah, Washington State, play a game there, and then maybe you stay on the same flight, play a game in the Midwest, and then go back to your home. Like Logistics of traveling is one of the reasons that the NBA hasn't decided to make that next step. Yeah. yeah. And in the NBA being its 75th season, Brian, maybe with the history and all the accoutrements that will go on this year, maybe they do consider expansion. And I know you're very excited about this upcoming 75th season in the NBA. Yeah, it, I mean, we're back to 82 games after having a shortened season last year at 72. Um you know, a lot of the players were upset with how soon the season started after the bubble last year. Injuries, 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 injuries. Well, it turns out we're actually starting this season with a lot of injuries, too. Clay Thompson, he's going to be out to start the year with his left ACL. He's got about another month before he's coming back. Jamal Murray for the Denver Nuggets, he's a big part of their team and what they do. He's also out with a left ACL. Zion Williamson, that big boy, hurt his foot again. <laughs> and Kyrie Irving, I mean, he's still researching, so he, he's missing the, the first part of the season as well. The average length of time it takes to get a research article published, six to one, six months to a year. Six months to a year so to get we'll a give research him, article. We'll give him a, he, he's got some more time. We'll give him six yeah. months to a year. But, uh, you know, we, we've had a, we've had a good preseason. Us Timberwolves fans like getting all jazzed up for the preseason, seeing our, our new coach who came in midway through last year. But the real regular season starts this Tuesday, October 19th. We have a Eastern Conference Finals rematch between the Nets and the Bucks. The Nets will be traveling to Milwaukee. Semifinals. Easter, Easter oh my Easter gosh! Eastern Conference Final was Bucks the playoffs. Atlanta. The playoffs were nuts last year. Yeah. How 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 in the world did the Bucks make it to the finals? <laughs> so how did they win the finals. The two finals teams, the Suns and the Bucks, both went winless in their preseason last year. Yeah. So so how, so how much weight should we put into the preseason? We should put as much weight as we can on the Super. Denver Nuggets, and then nothing on anything else. Oh, Marcus Howard put up what? 
nine three-pointers in nine, a game? Nine three-pointers. He's only going to get better. I mean, when you can shoot that well, it just takes you time to kind of get adjusted to the NBA pace and and adjusted to guys just blowing by you when you're playing defense every time. You got playoff time <laughs> last year with Denver, so shout-out to Marquette. Let's, t- let's talk about your, your Boston Celtics real quick. Their, their, win, their expected win total has been set by Vegas at 45.5 wins. You guys think you're going to beat that or, or not beat that? Forty-five and a half to me feels low for a team that, yes, underperformed last year, but I think they had the shakeup that they needed, and the one that I really didn't think they were going to do, which was get Brad Stevens off the bench, surprisingly move him to GM now that Danny Ainge was going to step down, and they've got the new coach from Brooklyn now in Ime Udoka, who seems to be more of a player-driven guy, which is all I wanted. I think I said on the airwaves last year, coaches in the NBA now. Being player-driven is basically all that matters. That's why Monty Williams took the Phoenix Suns all the way to the NBA Finals and lost to the Bucks. Yeah, no, I think every year the, the story with the Celtics is, especially now that you guys don't have that, that strong point guard spot with Kyrie Irving, Kemba's gone. <laughs> it, it is really the, the JT, JB, Jalen, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum combo. Each year they get, they get older, and each year you got to expect a little bit more from them. What, what, do, you, what do you think we're going to see from, from JT and JB? Al Horford being back in the locker room, like Aiden's mentioned before, is, is going to be huge for the team just on a huge. growth standpoint and having that veteran guy that can kind of pull, pull everyone together, pull Peyton Pritchard, Jalen, JT, all of them together and kind of just see what happens. You know, those first... First few weeks of the NBA, you don't know what's going on. You mm-hmm. kind of just play the but play the best game you can. It's a long season. You have to know how to pace yourself. It's always good to have a good veteran in the locker room. And and you you just uh, you just mentioned his name, Peyton Pritchard. He uh, he he's kind of in that Marcus Howard space where he's a smaller guy. He's undersized. It'll take him a little while to get used to the NBA game with where everybody's big on the court. But that kid can hoop. And I'm going to give you an interesting stat here. And I don't think it reflects anything about Peyton Pritchard's game at all. But seven points per game he averaged last year. Seven points. I was a real fan. And I honestly... So why is that, that a good thing? Would, I, I really thought that that number would be higher because I feel like there were so many games last how many, year. How many assists did he average a game? 1.8. So 1.8. I, I don't think any of those stats matter. No. You read a stat line, I don't think it matters at all because he does everything defensively. And he brings the energy to the floor that the Celtics need yeah. to become that next tier, next leveled up team. And and he's he's gonna be the guy. He, he's gonna be focused on defense. He's gonna reach in and grab that steal when it's there to be had. And he's he's a, he's a pest. He's a pesty guy. Pesky, pesty, pesky. He's a he's a pest. <laughs> he's a he's, pest. He's annoying annoying to play against. That type of guy. But he he might win you a game or two throughout the year. So he did good, last year. For good sure. addition to the locker room. Now moving on to my Timberwolves. We are expected to have ten less wins than the Celtics. Over under at thirty five. Over and under at thirty five and a half. This is straight disrespect. <laughs> I, I mean I get it, Vegas. I really do. I think that this here, here's my prediction. The Celtics and the Timberwolves are going to be within five games of each other at the end of the year. Brian loves making these philosophies about Boston teams and Minnesota teams yeah. having He's, parallel well, records. Well, well, it's like a parallel universe. The parallel universe in the NFL, what is the record of the New England Patriots I mean, right it, now? It continued this week, both two and three. Both two and so. three. They both won last week in close games. I mean, it the, the, the Patriots-Vikings continuity... That's it is a it is a total anomaly, but moving like I said, the Timberwolves. I'm really excited. Last year we had some troubles with health. We started the year with a coach that shouldn't have been the coach, uh, so we had to get a new coach halfway through the year. And Chris Finch, we 
What's your jersey number? We? Uh, f-, f for fan. <laughs> what do you think the, the lineup's going to be for your Minnesota Timberwolves? And can you guys run with both Nas Reed and Carl Anthony Towns we can. on the court at once? We can. Nas Reed can run the floor like like a guard. It is ridiculous, and he's huge. He's like six foot eleven, like two fifty. He's a big guy. He runs the court, and he he like euro steps guys as he does it. And he he's only gotten better and better. Uh, some news came out just last week that our old GM was really against playing big. He didn't like having both Nas and Cat on the floor, and he was communicating that he was kind of constricting the coaching staff on what they were able to do so I think that uh like kind of our our best lineup this year is going to be uh D'Angelo Russell at the one uh probably Malik Beasley at the two uh Anthony Edwards the the rookie from last year should have been the rookie of the year he's going to be playing the three and then Nas and Cat playing big at the four and five and I think that that's going to be the lineup where we're going to be best on both ends of the floor but I'm real excited for the Timberwolves this year as I am every year um (laughs) couple other teams to keep your eyes out for obviously the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks they just extended their GM John Horst so obviously they're happy with the way the the team has been constructed in the past and how he's continued to kind of keep the core of the team together coach Bud was on a hot seat not too long ago if they didn't get through that Eastern Conference finals I mean who knows where he would be right now they did hit some strokes of luck they played very well together I do agree that they had a less lesser competition in the playoffs than maybe so if most K- previous if KD, years. If KD had slightly smaller feet, would Coach Bud still have a job? That's a great question. That he, is a great he'd question. He'd still have a job for sure. The fact that they made it all the way in, to, they're to in game the second seven. round. Yeah. yeah, second round against Brooklyn. But you have to undoubtedly credit Mike Budenholzer for saving his job. Yeah. Because Zach is right. He was undoubtedly on the hot seat, especially with Giannis going for three MVPs now, and now he's having running. the second and third guy on that team were, were probably the biggest two now, pieces, bringing right. Drew Holiday and and this might be another preseason overreaction, but Giannis, he has just been able to step up to the three pointer, and just hit it, just walk up because he dribbles um, it up the court. The guys don't pick him up right away because if you do, he's going to blow past you. I'm not believing the hype yet. He's finally catching up to Marcus Howard's game. It's, you don't have to believe in his three-pointer all the way, but every percent it goes up, the rest of the league is screwed that much more because he is a handful. If you can have a Brooke Lopez-type three-point shot, then maybe we'll talk. Brooke Lopez. <laughs> That's a good call. Well, that's our NBA season preview. Um, real excited for it. Obviously, it's a long season, 82 games again, followed by a couple months of the postseason. But we'll be here for every step of the way. 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. And on Twitter and Instagram as well, at GrubMUR. Greg Van Hollen just joined us on the phone line, and you can too. Again, 414 414- Two eight eight seven zero nine one, and now it's time to transition to what's become a games and grubs staple in the house. Top five tweets. The best of Twitter this week. It's games and grubs top five tweets. Number five on this week's top five tweets comes to us from Jim Irsay, and it's really the worst tweet of the week. 
Brian, I know you had a lot of thoughts on this Jim Irsay tweet. You want to read it? Because you were actually the first person to read it, this tweet So, So this tweet, I mean, it, it kind of hits you on multiple different levels. You read that it's Jim Irsay. You see the blue check mark, so you're like, okay, this is really Jim Irsay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. At Jim Irsay on Twitter says, Colts Nation, don't you worry, dot, dot, dot. We're going to get the horseshoe at least two Lombardis this decade, dot, dot, dot. As sure as the sun rises and the seasons change, it's all caps coming. Football emoji, arm emoji, exclamation mark. Don't you ever doubt that. All caps, ever. You will see greatness, football emoji. Continue it in all caps, believe and you will see. Football emoji, arm flexing emoji, prayer emoji. Jim Ursay, two Lombardis this decade. Last I checked, the, you're more likely to have your quarterback sprain both his ankles this decade again. <laughs> what, what's going on here? Uh, what's going on here? Which bar do you think he was sitting in when he had that <laughs> had that tweet? He's at, he at the Urban Meyer Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous to to proclaim any measurable impact as a sports fan, especially as the owner of the team. Fans always remember. That's why Freezing Cold Takes Guy probably makes seven figures because he rate he records every measurable prediction that's made in sports media. And Jim Ursay just made himself look like a you know what because two Lombardis in the next nine years. I'm gonna go on a limb here and say the Colts are not going to the Super Bowl this year. So, and are they going to win it with Carson Wentz? So they got to rebuild a quarterback in the next nine years. Sorry, Jim. You're number five on this week's top five tweets. Unbelievable. So (laughs) number four comes to us. Oh, wait, we got to hit the buzzer. He's a sausage. Number four comes to us from Randy Scott on ESPN. And this was Zach's nomination this week. It comes in at number four. Tyler Hero, one of our Milwaukee fellow Milwaukee natives. Zach, what did Randy Scott, the ESPN Sports Center anchor, say about Tyler Hero? Yeah, so ESPN posted a picture of Tyler Hero. Um, it's a quotation from Tyler Hero. I'll read it out. You can laugh if you want. You don't have to. It says, Luca, Trey, Ja. I feel like my name should be in that category too. And then it says Tyler Hero on how he should be viewed compared to the league's young stars. And Randy Scott replies, he actually quotes the tweet, and he says, like alphabetically? <laughs> so so does... I believe... I never got in to laugh at that one until right here in the studio. <laughs> well, you've said it so many times now, it's just in my head. <laughs> so should his name come in that conversation, Luca Trey Ja? How should it fit into that category? Should it be alphabetically? Like, is he joking? What's the deal here? He should absolutely not be in that conversation. It's the NBA talk. I feel like we're doing a second NBA segment now. Tyler Hero, since his bubble year, has absolutely done nothing. And Luka Doncic, Trey Young, and John Morant are all generational players within two, three years of being in this league. Tyler Hero is not that by far. Sorry, he's from Milwaukee. Sorry he went to Whitnall, but you're not there, Tyler. Not yet. 
Now, he did put up a big game in the preseason right after this was said. Brian, how many times have we said the preseason doesn't matter already? Hey, hey, but but he put up 29 points on oh 66% shooting. So the, we know this. The kid can shoot, you but can, can put, he hoop? You could put up 29. So he came, out, he he came off a hot game in the preseason. He's like, yeah, we should put my name with no, 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 no. three he, he great said, young players. He, he said this before the game. So he... Now, obviously, we have to wait, and I do not expect him to be playing like Ja, Luca, or Trey. I don't even expect him to be playing like a Wolves bench player. Would would any NHL player say this? No, it's just a, it's, soft. It's different. It's different. I got it. It's soft. I got it. I know where he should put be put in the rankings. How? Best NBA villain. Him Tyler and Trey Hero. Young, him and Trey Young are two of the best NBA villains we got going. Most. Two of the most hateable guys that most fans will say. In the hey, if, NBA. if the Miami Heat want to think that this kid's the answer, I'm okay with that because that's one less team we got to worry People about. People hate Grayson Allen. Oh boy, he's on the Bucks now. Yeah, not that's, not our villain anymore. That's number four. Way to go, Bridget. Number three comes to us from our good friend Zach Passios. Oh wait, he's actually here in the studio. Oh, how's it going? What a coincidence. <laughs> so, let's give the background on this because it is probably the most background tweet of this week's top five tweets. So, yours truly was on MUTV's Golden Eagle Sports Report a couple weeks ago on the third block panel talking about pro sports, and it was a big weekend. For the NFL, they talked about they wanted us to do winners and losers, right? And my biggest winner of the week was the Cardinals back when they beat the Rams at SoFi. My biggest disappointment was the Tennessee Titans who ended up losing to the Jets at the Meadowlands. And our good friend Andrew Muzu, the executive director of MUTV, general manager of MUTV, resurfaced the clip of myself and Kristen Parisi, who sat right next to me, who is an avid New York Jets fan and Yankees fan, who sat next to me during this panel and resurfaced the clip of her talking about the Jets and the Yankees and trying to stick it in my face as a Boston fan. So, <laughs> of course, Nick Artinian, who is a former Marquette Radio colleague here uh, in Johnson Hall, He's also a New York fan and replies to this thread and says, all I'm hearing was Kristen was right about the football takes that she had. But then Zach comes swooping in like an Atlanta thrasher. And what does Zach say? Yeah, she, all I'm hearing was Kristen was, Kristen was right. But then at ZPass18 sweeps in and says, not right about the Yankees. With a gif of David Ortiz saying, Dang! Yankees lose. So that's Zach absolutely eviscerating our girl KP. Sorry, KP, if you're listening. Zach, do you have anything to say for yourself? The Yankees lose. She made herself look like a fool on TV. She brought out a jersey. A she Yankees brought out a jersey. Yankees jersey just to have them get stomped. Can we give Aiden a little credit here for being a multifaceted media member now? He's now <laughs> on TV, not just behind the mic. So if you want to see his beautiful face, you can tune in again. Hopefully he'll be on. Uh, we'll, Marquette we'll, TV. We'll get back on Golden Eagle Sports Report for sure. Uh, we'll get back to uh, thanks to the guys over there at MUTV who uh, had me on as part of the pro sports panel. And sorry that the Yankees lost. Yankees lose. Now on to number one. Yankees lose. Oh, it feels so much better every time you play it. Number one comes to us. 
uh, or excuse me, number two. Oh my gosh, I almost skipped over one. Number two comes to us from the Cleveland Cavaliers official account. Now, Kevin Love is a noted mental health advocate. He wrote in the Players' Tribune about having a panic attack once during a game. And our good friend Jenny Fisher, who, who we've had on the show during the pandemic, brought up her Keep Showing Up fundraiser, which she actually started after... Uh, her appearance on Games of Grub. Not that they were related at all. But <laughs> Jenny started the Keep Showing Up fundraiser, which we've done multiple packages about here on the show. And that's something that, honestly, the Wisconsin broadcasters and the Society of Professional Journalists loved when they gave us those nominations. And so the Cleveland Cavaliers this week, on Monday, it was World Mental Health Day. And the Cleveland Cavaliers at Cavs tweet, or excuse me, Sunday, World Mental Health Day. Sorry about that. The Cavs tweet, keep showing up, hashtag World Mental Health Day, with the picture of Kevin Love with a keep showing up. Keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up, times three. Class act by Cleveland and class act by Kevin Love. He actually, if you're keeping score at home, has had the shirt and the picture had been in existence for, by my account, more than six months. And they resurfaced the picture for World Mental Health Day. Hat tip to our girl Jenny Fisher. Shout out to you, Jenny. That's number two on this week's Top 5 Tweets. Number one on this week's edition of Top 5 Tweets comes from Nadamakan Sue and my favorite news publication, At Morning Brew. They are the best email news source in the world. If you want to sign up for Morning Brew, please ask me first. I'll send you the link so I can get a free <laughs> pair of joggers, maybe a free MacBook. They, they do a lot of giveaways, and uh, and some people in this studio don't like to help their friends out. <laughs> cough, cough, Zach. Anyways, coming from at Morning Brew, NFL TV ratings through October 4th are up 17% compared to last year and are now at their highest level in six years. Nadamakansu quote tweets this and says, I'd like to personally thank everyone who started watching football after they saw me tweeting about real estate and investing. Zach, are we gonna are we are we selling his advice short? Yeah, I'm I'm still listening to Nadamakan Sue and his real estate advice. Well, what's while the, what's the cap what's the capital stack look like, buddy? What are your yields? Cash on cost versus IRR. You know what's the best part? Versus versus cap rates. What, what what's the yield looking like? You want you want a nice nice big big gap. Big big spread. Yeah. You know what's the best part is nobody cares about how he's actually doing in his investment portfolio. All he cares about he's pushing content out, which is great. And Domkin Sue has been one of the best followers in the NFL this year in terms of a player having a not only diversified portfolio with investments, but also on Twitter. He's tweeting about football. He's tweeting about business. A great follow on Twitter. And he's undoubtedly number one on this week's top five tweets. Way to go, Bridget. 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. You want to hear you want to hear the John Sterling how it sounded at Fenway? Yeah, let's because play it. He, so the background on this, again, John Sterling and Susan Waldman, WFAN, they're on site at Fenway Park. A lot of these radio broadcasters have been doing it from home because of the pandemic. But John and Susan are back in the booth, Fenway Park, wildcard game, WFAN. And Giancarlo Stanton hits a single off the monster. And here's what John saw. The pitch to Stanton. Drill, there it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. 
Now, wh- what did what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? <laughs> He's at first base. <laughs> so there's John. Absolutely has no idea what's going on. He said he goes into his regular. He has the, like a a regular. It is it is name. past it is past this guy's bedtime. What a great call for for a missed call. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's Antonian home run. That's awesome. He goes into so for every Yankee player, he has a he has sort of an A call and a B call for so for Giancarlo Stanton, it's a Stantonian home run, and then he goes into Giancarlo no si può stuparlo. It's a Stantonian blast out to left field, and the Yankees lead it three three to one. And then he has some for you know Aaron Judge's all rise for the Judge. It's a Judgean blast out to left field. Oh wait, he's at first base. Never mind. Oh wait, never mind. Folks. Oh wait! Wrong. He's at first base. <laughs> so there's John. Absolutely annoyed. And if you watch it later, if you listen later in the call, Susan Waldman, who does the color, tries to save him by saying, "Are they going to look at this? Are they going to go back to the booth, guys?" It hit the monster. That's what happens at Fenway. So the Yankees are out. Uh, hockey players, when they get eliminated from the playoffs, they go play golf. What do baseball players do? Do they go pick apples? Yeah, I mean, because it is the it is the fall. So, what's that perfect <laughs> fall activity? I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. They definitely. They definitely go it's home. Definitely still golf ice, ice up their arms for a little bit, couple weeks. Take it easy on the arms. You know, baseball players are, are real particular with how how they keep uh, right. how they keep that that shoulder and the elbow and all that. Just a thought. Just a thought. Pick apples. Pick apples? You've been talking about picking apples lately. I really <laughs> want to pick apples. Hey, the fall season, I told you we've said it on the pod. Autumn's the best season of them all. Yeah, here here's the question though. Pumpkin patch or apple orchard? Picking. Um I'm gonna go apple. Normally orchard. I'd say they're hand in hand. Like you go to a pumpkin patch, there's gotta be some apples on there. You're in like a fall themed place. I bet Apple Holler down south has, has some has pumpkins. pumpkins. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll make a games and grub we pumpkin. Gotta, we pumpkin got a caller calling, and hopefully, another, another caller. Here hopefully, we go. they're pumpkin people, not apple. People. All right, caller, you're on the air. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Is this uh, introduce yourself Tom to the Foster, audience? Of course. Oh, it's Tom. Tom Good Foster, morning, Tom. Resident How are Bills you? fan of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that what you're calling up about? Because your Bills are on a roll right now. No, uh, not right now. I had to call in about. Uh, Aiden's had a freak out in this uh, class event for the past <laughs> week about. A teacher that always, we're in Wisconsin, of course, but he gets upset every time she talks about the Packers. I mean, it's a, it's <laughs> a, it, is a, it is a little her. insensitive when uh, not not everybody wins every week, but if she sends out a class email and she goes, at least the Packers won. So the background on this, and Tom <laughs> Tom can uh, Tom can butt in here is the background on this is. Myself, Brian, and Tom Foster all share one class with the same professor, and we'll leave her name out of it for privacy reasons. But she sends out this weekly newsletter to start every week. And she tries to start off with some humor, which I appreciate. And she goes, hey, uh, hey, class, uh, great start for the Packers. And then every week, now that the Packers, have, <laughs> since their week one blunder against the Saints, now they've been winning. And so every week now she says, another great week for the Packers, great week for the Packers. Tom... And- are you as butthurt about her emails as Aiden is from a losing Not perspective? Not at all, because we are in Wisconsin. <laughs> makes sense. But Tom, you have to realize that Marquette attracts from 50 states. I think Aiden's just butthurt the Patriots aren't doing as yeah, good as... Yeah, but if I was... It I doesn't would, matter. 
I, if I were a teacher, I would say great week for the Bills. I would not care what people think. Well, what, do you mean, what do you mean? Because we're, you just said we're in Wisconsin, so none of the none of the professors. But I'm saying I, I wouldn't care what people. If you're a fan of the team, you should rep your team. I like it, Tom. I hope so, you become a professor someday. So Aiden is, she, is I, unnecessarily I salty. I think the problem is that she assumes that everyone in her classroom is a Packers fan, which is just no, wrong. You can absolutely say the best go. The part is, the other day she said. Well, I, we all have the, we all hate the Patriots, but <laughs> well, yes. I think here's and the I problem. threw my hands up in disgust. Here, I didn't say anything. The, the problem is, <laughs> but she pointed me it's out. It's not like this is. I wouldn't call this the fan favorite professor. She's already <laughs> lost. The, she's already she's already she's already lost the room, and she and she continues to make these, uh, according to Aiden, insensitive. Football, I didn't say insensitive. That's football <laughs> jokes slash comments. It's different if it's like your favorite professor, like the cool professor, and then they can do that. But this this isn't that situation. I think that's also true. She's she's fallen out of a lot of good graces already, so this just doesn't. Are you at least learning a lot in the class, Tom? Um, I mean, the Patriots thing might have been the biggest takeaway I've had this entire year so far. <laughs> so that's the most you're getting out of these PowerPoints. Yes. Okay. Well, Tom, I have to say I'm 100% defending my actions on Thursday. So what happened Thursday, we were doing a case study about a New England company, and she actually wrote a bullet point about one of the suggestions was to partner with the New England Patriots for some, you know, NGO initiative. And she made a you know snide remark about not that any. I mean, like Robert Kraft's not always known as the most ethical guy, so that was a bad bullet point, anyways. Well, I yeah, mean, the guy that lent his plane to bring vaccines overseas, not oh, the most ethical guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Tom. He's a horrible guy. <laughs> Come on, Tom. All right, Tom. Tom, before before we lose you on this call, um, <laughs> Bill Bills minus five and a half at the Tennessee Titans. What are your thoughts? I'm hammering it. You're hammering it. I honestly, I think that that spread's kind of disrespectful because the Bills have just been uh, curb stomping teams left and right. I mean, is beat- Julio even back this week? And Tennessee defense is. is brutal. Be wrong. Yeah, I think I think Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, and the company are gonna tear him up. Tear him up. What, what are we thinking? 40, 45 to twenty. Yeah, <laughs> Julio's gonna be one. Julio's gonna be back this week. Okay. Hit the over here. Too I think it's a game changer. He's a big body, but I mean. I can see him putting up mid twenty points. Okay. Tennessee. But the Bills depends win the game how, for sure. Depends right? if we can stop Henry. That's the the big deal, honestly. He's yeah. ran over us last year, so I'd be pretty confident as a fan though. So you're hammering it. Minus five and a half? Yeah, minus five and a half. Bills on the road at the Tennessee Titans. I love it. Certified lock by Tom. He will cover <laughs> all of your losses if you bet. Just call <laughs> Tom <laughs> Foster. <laughs> Thomas.Foster at Marquette.edu. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know what, to send the bill to the games and grub. <laughs> yeah, yeah we put it in our bank because it's flowing right now. <laughs> All right, you, know, you can just send it to uh, my good friend uh, Steve Wojciechowski. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because he's got money flowing too. <laughs> All right, Tom. All right, Tom. Thanks for calling Thank in. We'll ca- you. catch you next right, week. We appreciate it. Yeah. All right, there he goes, Tom Foster. All right, that was a good yeah, one. Yeah, th- thank you, Tom, for calling in and that's for a, giving us a little uh, little a fan insight on the Monday Night Football game of the week. <laughs> we have some other juicy games to unpack coming up this week. 
the, you know, week six of the NFL season, this is kind of when we start seeing who's who's the best of the best, who's the worst of the worst. And then everybody else is kind of in that that middle conversation, and we're really in those weeks where you're 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 not fighting for exact playoff spots yet, but you're fighting if you're going to make the playoffs or not because you can only lose so many games in such a such a competitive league. Right. So. Uh, we have one of the better teams versus kind of one of those middle pack teams, and it's an NFC North battle. Packers minus six at the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields starting his second game ever as a rookie quarterback. It's it's been a ro- it's kind of been a roller coaster for the Bears so far this year. Um, Matt Nagy he does know what he's doing, folks, or at least he he says he does. Oh yeah. Um, right. The crazy thing here is. Is the Packers are four and one, the Bears are three and two. But if the Bears win this game, they will be the first place in the NFC North. So it is a title, I guess, a an interim title game, title fight. Are the Packers going to minus? Are they going to beat the, the Bears by at least six at Soldier Field? I expected this line to be at least a touchdown. So if you're picking this game, and I'm staying away from it if I'm the better, but if you've gone to my head, I'm going with the points. I'm taking I'm taking the Packers. It's, like you said, a title fight this weekend. Yes, the field goal kicking was a concern in Cincinnati last Sunday with Mason Crosby, but that's also you know a tough place to play against an increasingly good offense in the Cincinnati Bengals. So I expect the Packers to take care of business. Another tough environment against a quarterback who is not yet fully developed as Joe Burrow. See, I like the Bears and Justin Fields in this game, Aiden. Um, to win the game? I do. Uh, oh boy. As much as, just the fact, Justin Fields is settling into Chicago right now. Um, he was on the sidelines of the WNBA championship this week, and they just they just yeah that's gonna that's gonna help off them. that's gonna help them find hey, a couple hey, too though they're kind of settling in figuring out how they're gonna go about the season still, and I think Aaron Rodgers that first game we saw shh, sorry the bed beep the bed okay and I see it happening again mid season between maybe now and week. I don't know, 15, 14. Now, now, Aiden, you mentioned Mason Crosby last week. He missed, he missed some kicks. He actually missed three kicks. It was, it was an abysmal kicking game on both sides with him and Evan McPherson at that Packers Bengals game. But how big do you think it is that he hit that game winner in overtime? I guess does that wipe the slate clean? Is he still thinking about the three losses or the three misses? It. It, it definitely helps, but I don't know if it's going to fix it all the way. I'm, I'm predicting another miss or two for Mason Crosby this week, and that'll keep the game within the spread. Bears will cover, Aaron, lose by oh, wow, less okay. than six. Rodgers didn't seem too worried about it on his uh, Rodgers uh, Tuesdays. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays on Pat McAfee. He said he just went over there. Him and Mason have been on the team for quite some time together. They're pretty close. He said they sit next to each other on the team bus, and he said, hey, you're a good kicker. Go out there. Just do your job. And he did. See, I think the field goal kickers' mentality in their brains are so so differently wired than the rest of us, where they just completely forget and have the shortest memory. They're the goldfish of the NFL. I think you won't see another rough week from Mason. But Packers favored by six against the Bears. All right, next game. Next game, Vikings. My Minnesota Vikings are traveling to Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers. Vikings are favored by minus two and a half. I'm kind of shocked by that because the Panthers, they had a quite the hot start to the season. People were giving Sam Darnold his flowers. You know, he got out of the New York Jets situation, really started to show some shine in the first couple games of the season. They've kind of regressed back to more of the middle pack teams, showing that they're not one of the top teams, but they're definitely in that middle uh, kind of competitive 
um, uh, pack of teams. I think this is going to be a really good game. Uh, it's it's the hot start team in the Panthers versus more of a cold start team in the Vikings. Which team's going to be hungrier in Week Six? I really hope it's my Vikings. I think it's going to be a close game, kind of a low scoring rock fight. Matchup of the day is going to be the Vikings run game versus the Panthers defense. Uh, I think the yep. the Panthers run defense. They got some big boys up front. They and, uh, they rank eighth in uh, rushing defense in the NFL. And the thing with the Vikings is is if we can't run the ball, we really have trouble passing the ball. It, it's it's kind of dependent on. The, the the pass success is dependent on the run success. Kirk Cousins needs to get into that rhythm with both with both engines humming. Yeah, I don't think I don't mind if they get stuffed a couple times because as long as they keep the defense honest on the line, I think Kirk Cousins can get something going through the air. Yeah, I let, let's hope he can find Adam Thielen for some big big chunk uh, big chunk plays this week. That that connection has been kind of lacking this year. He scored a couple touchdowns, but. Uh, kind of missing that consistent uh, dual receiver threat in him and Justin Jefferson. It's either like one of them is hitting and the other one isn't. Um, but let's hope we can uh, bounce back and hit 500 against the the Panthers. Who's stopping Christian McCaffrey? Not playing. Yeah, he's not playing. Oh, So that's why I thought this line was higher, actually, as a perfect Wait. transition. Because since that 3-0 start, Panthers have fallen on hard times. Matt Rule's team, he went down with a hamstring in Thursday night game uh, a couple weeks ago. And Sam Darnold, since then, subsequently thrown five interceptions in the last two games without the NFL's best pass-catching running back. So McCaffrey out at least another week as, like you said, Minnesota comes to town. I think the Panthers are going to struggle to find answers against this shutdown Viking defense. I've been not as bullish on the Vikings as Brian has the last two weeks, but this seems like a matchup that they're taking advantage of. Next game of the day, this is what I told Uncle Chris for kind of my lock of the week. Uh, I'm really high on the Chargers. I think that they got a good thing running down in, in L.A. I think Justin Herbert was the perfect quarterback for them to draft. Um, he he kind of just gets better every week. And, I mean, we, we mentioned it at the beginning of the season. Think about how much different he looks than the rookie quarterbacks, and he's just he played three quarters of last season that many games in an off season and he's already this good it it's it's something else they've been they've they've had a really tough schedule so far and they're four and one they're traveling to baltimore baltimore's favored by two and a half i think chargers are gonna win i think i think they got it i agree i think the chargers got this game out right they're coming off the game of their year and Ravens are at home on Sunday, but Justin Herbert, like you said, he's scarily getting better under Brandon Staley. And I think we should take this time to talk about what Brandon Staley said this week because obviously as a sports radio show, I think we'd be remiss without at least touching on the whole John Gruden situation. Obviously, I don't think the um, uh, Raiders have a juicy game this week. They just have juicy storylines, but obviously we'd be remiss without talking about John Gruden situation, but I wanted to frame it in the way that Brandon Staley mentioned in his presser this week. So we're going to play what he said, and I think it's a really good testament to not only his football team, which he also mentions, but also just greater society in general. So let's play the Brandon Staley soundbite. It's about two minutes long. Sit back and kind of just listen what he has to say. Respect and trust in this world are, are really, really difficult to achieve. And I think about all the people that were affected by those emails, um, whether you're a person of color, whether you're a person, uh, you know, a gender, um, your sexual orientation, the people that were affected by those emails, that's who I'm thinking about. You know, because it's a sacred mantle for someone to call you coach or someone to call you a leader. 
Um, and trust is really, really hard to achieve in this world. It's really, really challenging to achieve. And especially with people, with those groups that I just mentioned. All right, and people are really guarded, all right, and they're skeptical uh, of people because of emails like that. And I just think that, you know, kindness and lifting people up and respecting people you don't know, um, I just think that, you know, that's such a big part of our thing here is listening to people and learning about people because I think what you'll discover is that we have so much more in common than not. And I think that, um, you know, for someone like me, you know, it's just incumbent upon you to set the example every single day so that people um, that were, you know, talked about in those emails, that they don't need to feel that way. They shouldn't feel that way. And it's, you know, hopefully, you know, all of us can learn from this, that it's about bringing people together for me uh, so that people can become, you know, the people that they dream about. And I think that, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, being this football team and being someone, hopefully we can, you know, be a light for those people in those emails that not everybody's like that, 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 that there's far more people that will love you than the opposite. And hopefully um, this will be a, a chance for everybody to come together instead of go apart. Brandon Staley, head coach of the L.A. Chargers, on the John Gruden email situation, which obviously dominated the headlines this week. I thought that was a really good testament to kind of center the conversation around, obviously, John Gruden dominating the, the newspapers and all your media outlets this week. I think yeah. the the one thing I have to say about that, you're not just the coach of a football team, you're a leader of men. Mm-hmm. And that shows what Brandon Staley is. That's part of the reason I'm so high on the Chargers. Yeah, definitely. Um, Brandon Staley did what not many NFL coaches did this past week and actually talked about it. And I think keeping that conversation going and and creating that dialogue is going to help a lot, especially in the industry. Absolutely. Next game, I think it's the game of the week. Cardinals at the Browns. Battle of the number one overall picks. I think this is the game of the week. Battle of the former teammates, Heisman winners, and back-to-back number one overall picks, Kyler Murray, right. Baker, Baker Mayfield. That's right. So quite the storyline. You know, it's it's always fun when we can get these guys. You know, the the Baker versus Pat Mahomes. They had they had some showdowns in college. Obviously, these guys have had kind of intertwined storylines. Um, exciting game. Exciting game. I think it's the game of the week. I think these are maybe my two favorite quarterbacks to watch in the entire league, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. If you've listened to me enough, you know I absolutely love this Cardinals team. If you watch me on Golden Eagle Sports Report, I brought it to the TV audience as well. I think they're winning this game outright. So the Cardinals, excuse me, the Browns are favored by three and a half points, which to me is way too big of a line. This feels like a Browns hangover from last week that they won't rebound for against arguably the best offense, my favorite offense in football. Nick Chubb is out this week. It's going to be tough for the uh, the Browns offense. He is he. I mean, the Vikings just played the Browns a couple weeks ago, and Nick Chubb. I mean, he is sensational. It seems like every time he grabs, he he touches the ball, he's getting six, seven yards. And then they have Kareem Hunt that kind of changes up the pace a little bit from Nick Chubb. And they're such a two-headed running attack. Just Kareem Hunt this week, and then whoever else is behind him in the uh, the running back stable over there in Cleveland. 
I do I do really believe in Cleveland's defense. I think having Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney coming off the edges, I think that's just such a dangerous duo. Um, I think the Browns are gonna they're you're saying they're gonna be hung over from the last week, uh, kind of devastating devastating comeback they let up against the uh, the Chargers. I think they're gonna be extra motivated this week. I think they're gonna be hungry in practice. They know that they kind of need to be one of those top teams in the top teams in the AFC to get that playoff seeding and that's I mean last year they they made it to the playoffs they beat the Steelers it was it was very exciting but they know they need to do it again um Cardinals said this last week they have to lose eventually so uh, I'm gonna pick against them again I'm gonna pick the Browns to win but Cardinals cover the spread all right so we're split on that one uh real quick let's do Cowboys Patriots and then do we want to fit in a Zach Zebra and then we'll do trivia to go. Trivia and a little baseball as well. So yeah. la- last one, maybe what other people think is game of the week. I don't think it is, even though it's my team. Patriots hosting the Cowboys. Trevon Diggs looks like the next Deion Sanders back there in the defense for the Cowboys. You see, and I disagree. You know, I heard I heard this explanation. He he's good. He has great ball skills. He 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 knows how to attack the ball. But if he was that good of a cornerback, they wouldn't throw it to his side of the field. You know, uh, uh, Deion Sanders and some of the other great, uh, like Darrell Rivas, they never got the ball thrown towards them because the quarterbacks knew that if they did, they're going to get the ball picked. I feel like that's a that's a stat you have to look up, though, how much they're actually throwing to his side. He's been one of the better quarters in the NFL this year as a whole, so I feel like quarterbacks, he's played, and that Cowboy defense, I think, has in total been a lot better than a lot of people are expecting under Dan Quinn who obviously doesn't have a head coaching job anymore, but he really fits as a coordinator under Mike McCarthy. So as a Patriot fan, obviously you have to be concerned about the Cowboys coming to town this weekend because Dak Prescott looks like Superman again. So Cowboys are favored by three uh, on the road at Foxborough. It's a tough line. Again, Max, I can't. Max, he has to be able to keep up with that Cowboy offense on the other side of the ball. Um, you know, we, we haven't seen him to be the most explosive uh, quarterback you know, he's kind of the dink and dunk New England style that you guys uh, kind of thought you were getting. Pocket passer. But he's got to be able to keep up with the Cowboys offense this week because they are high-powered both in the pass game and in the run game with Ezekiel Elliott. So there's your juicy games this week. Uh, we hit on one of the national TV games with uh, Bears and, no, excuse me, Bills and Titans. So you got that coming up. A lot of NFL slate this weekend, a lot of college football to watch today. So stuff your face with some Donut Squad donuts. Maybe uh, drink some pumpkin beer and go watch some football. 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. Speaking of football, it's time for your new favorite segment with the officiating aficionado, Zach's Zebras. I do love a nice referee. And now, it's time to hear from the officiating aficionado. Here is Zach's Zebras. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. This past week's Red River Showdown, Texas-Oklahoma, one of the best college football games of the year so far, featured one of the most jacked referees in college football, Scott Campbell. The man is a, is a myth. He's a legend. He's a beast on the football field. He says he works out so that when he gets on the field, 
coaches can size him up and he can kind of get a feel for the game. So if he does make a mistake, hey, you give him the benefit of the doubt. He's jacked. All right, so Men's Health went in a little bit deeper and asked him about his workout routine. Now, it's kind of ridiculous. He's got about 15 different exercises on here. I'd say 10 of them are all just upper body, upper body, <laughs> incline bench press, decline bench press, bench press, push-ups. He does 25, four sets of 25 every time he works out and then goes to his bench press sessions. He does that, 1,000 jump ropes. So what he said is in his early years... He worked as a firefighter, so San Jose uh, Firefighters. Uh. He, he still works for him, just actually retired this past September. But he worked out and got in shape for that. He's been lifting since he was 10 years old. And he worked out to become a firefighter, joined the referee profession, went that route, stays big so that he can push people around on that football field, pull people bodies off packs. And he got a lot of recognition this week during the Red River Showdown as one of the jacked referees on the field. He can throw a flag, Brian, I'm telling you. <laughs> all right, all right, here, here's a little bit of trivia about jacked referees. Who's the OG jacked referee? That would be Mr. Edward Hockley. Ed, Ed Hockley, that's the name. But Scott Campbell, since Ed Hockley is retired, has taken the mantle of most jacked referee. And is that in all the sports or is it just in football? I'd say it's just in football for now because I bet uh, there are some pretty big rugby referees, I'd yeah, imagine. Rugby referees. By the way, we know it's not Sean Hockley. So so yeah. <laughs> he said he's no longer, at one point, he was going up to that 400 number in the bench press trying to trying to pump some weight. He if says now he's yeah. going for cardio because he's moved towards that refereeing profession where you kind of need to be able to move a little bit quicker, get down the field and running with these 20... 21-year-olds, 20-year-olds that can get up and down the field, but he's a spectacular referee to watch and always has good calls when he's on the mic. There's your Zach Zebra. You need a little bit more jacked referees in your life, don't you? Everybody needs a little bit more, a few more jacked referees in their life. All right, 414-288-7091. We're going to sprint to the finish line, straight to your favorite capping segment, not C-A-P-N for capping crunch, C-A-P-P-I-N-G, not in the negative way, but in the positive way. Way too much of an intro. Let's just get into it. It's trivia to go. In this radio restaurant, when it's time to go, we don't ask for the check. We ask the tougher questions. It's time for trivia to go. And I'm back as the moderator this week. We had Zach last week, right, doing stadium trivia. Yep. Yep. And then we had Brian the week before doing... Uh, this day in sports history so it's back to me we're back to sports and food just in general so you got the questions in front of you guys correct yeah we got the questions so the trivia for to go for this week is first one in 2013 mcdonald's released this failed small treat version of the filet of fish in quantities of 10 15 and 30 uh i don't know but fish many, chips yeah fish mcnuggets oh fish mcchips McFish and chips. Close. The answer is fish McBites. Ugh! Fish McBites. Very close. So we'll give you a, uh, maybe partial credit there. <laughs> so there's fish McBites. Let's switch to sports for number two. Two out of five. What three college basketball programs use the word running in their nickname? I'll give you a point for each one you get. The Runnin' Cajuns? Runnin' Rebels? Uh, that is one. one. Yep. UNLV. Runnin' Rebels. Uh, the 
Running Rebels. UNLV? Yeah, UNLV. UNLV is Running Rebels, so that's one. You give up? Running Rockets? I don't know. Keep going. Running Roadrunners? So it's UNLV Running Rebels, the Utah Running Utes. Ah. Oh, okay. And finally, Gardner-Webb is the Running Bulldogs. Uh, Have you ever seen a bulldog run? They're not very fast. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Number three. uh, We're getting to baseball in a second to cap off the show. This year, Pete Alonso became the second player to win the Home Run Derby twice. Which former Met also won the Home Run Derby twice pretty recently? Uh, Your guy. No, no, he's no. a pitcher. He's, Marcus a Stroman, pitcher. he's a pitcher. Yeah, he's a pitcher. <laughs> yeah, no, this is not a great question to ask a football guy over here. Yeah, <laughs> as a punter. My baseball baseball knowledge is uh is sparse. I, I feel like I should be able to come up with this though. The correct answer. You'll know his name. It's Yoannis Cespedes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Number four, as you were clearly moving on from baseball, a Reese's fast break bar is made out of three main ingredients. Ready? Chocolate. Peanut butter, pretzel, and what? Pretzels, right? Incorrect. No. You want another guess? Yeah. Cracker. No, it's uh, peanuts. Correct answer is nougat. <laughs> Nougats? N O U G A T. Like the nougat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not nugget. I, I've, I've nougat. Had, I can picture it right now. Reese's has so many like different like <laughs> like types of like, shoots of their brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they add they their add product something. line is yes. is amazing. Yeah, the product Mix. Uh, width. Width. <laughs> Go rally cups for the Red Sox. Last one. In nineteen ninety-five, what vegetable was the first to be planted in space? Speaking of vegetables in space, they just sent William Shatner to space <laughs> earlier this week. He's like ninety-four years old. Broccoli. Crazy. Uh, I'm gonna go a potato. That's correct. Oh, have you seen it. the Martian? Yeah. yeah. Last yeah. one. Yeah. He gets the buzzer beater question. That's right. Nineteen ninety-five. First vegetable in space was the potato. Here, here's a quick question for you boys, just to just to feel about our feelings about space. If you could go on a Blue Origin rocket to space, would you? Yes. Actually, okay. Which one would you rather go on, Blue Origin or SpaceX? Uh, SpaceX. SpaceX. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the Blue Origin. That's the. Uh, What's it called? Hey, for our Is listeners in Wisconsin, NASA? we just got an Amber Alert. Just want to alert you. Wisconsin license plate ABE2804, 2008 Black Chevy Equinox. Just be on the lookout. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Use, we're going to use our platform. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I good. I'm not complaining. I'm, it's a totally good. It's a total, I was going to say it. Real quick. <laughs> real quick. We use our platform for good. That's true. Do you also want to use the platform... As we cap off the show for a final advertisement, we've teased it enough. Yes. Hey there. It's Brian Gallagher wait, here. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. We got to have the music behind it, Play too. The music. Live read. Well, live the music. All right. Live we're going to send it off. We're going to co- We're gonna do a quick break, and then we're going to come back and finish the show. Does that sound good, listeners? Yes. I heard that. Okay. We got to li- even though he's a listener right now, he says yes. All right. Well, let's throw it to our first ever Games and Grub live read. We'll be right back. Hey there, it's Brian Gallagher here for Brian Gallagher LLC, my startup place kicker business. As a former place kicker in high school, I feel my talents are needed on an NFL roster right now. Not not one, not two, not three, but five NFL kickers. Count them up. Five of them. 
missed multiple kicks last week. That means there was more than 10 kicks missed between five professionals. Missing Crosby, formerly known as Mason Crosbar. Evan McFear, he's gonna miss in. Rodrigo, my stat sheet is blank and chip. Tristan Vizkai, nope. And finally, Kaimu, foul, not fair. Baron. <laughs> Look, an NFL team needs me. My resume speaks for itself, most notably as a security guard for the 2021 NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. You know those metal detectors you walk through? Well, those things have uprights, and I went a thousand for a thousand each game, <laughs> sending them right through the uprights. Nobody missed. Not a single person missed. Well, I put everyone through those uprights during the security check. Wait till you see me on the football field. For my services, call my agent, Andrew Hunt, at 414-867-5309. That's 414-867-5309. And remember, while the rest of these kickers split their pants, I split the uprights. All right, welcome back. Games and Grub. That was a, a, a good commercial that we had right there. Yeah, if I was an NFL head coach right now, I think I'd pick up my phone and give uh, that Andrew Hunt guy a call. Go, yeah. call, <laughs> go call 867-5309 for Brian Gallagher LLC. For a, uh, He's put a lot of money into the sponsorship of this show, um, and we appreciate him uh, with his financial contributions to supporting the show. So uh, we appreciate that, and we appreciate all the kickers missing as well so that he can actually run an ad this week, thankfully. Any final thoughts, guys, to wrap up the show as we welcome back uh, regular Brian Gallagher to the studio? Um, Go Red Sox, and uh, let's kick some trash cans tonight. Yeah, let's, let's bang on some trash cans, steal some signs. <laughs> yeah, quick baseball thought before we finish here. That Yes, we were coming off the Red Sox loss in Game 1 last night. Obviously, if you're listening to this live on Saturday... And the re- reason is they didn't pitch well, did not throw strikes. Chris Sale, to me, starting off the game, couldn't get through the third inning. You're bound to have problems if you can't hit after that. And But I think the main reason, again, is not throwing strikes. Hirokazu Sawamura came in, and I was screaming at the TV last night. I said, and Martin Perez comes in right after. I said, can we throw a strike? Not we as in the team, because I don't have a jersey number, but the metaphorical we. So... Need to throw strikes tonight. Evaldi's going to throw some strikes tonight for Nathan you. Nathan Evaldi is going to pour it in the zone. That that Kike Hernandez kid, Aiden, oh you dubbed goodness. him the hottest hitter in baseball last night. There's nobody hotter. He, than he's him. making plays on both sides of the both sides of the the field, both sides of the game. He had that spectacular catch to was that to end the third the third inning or something, and then comes in the fourth the top of the fourth and just just crushes one. Yeah, four four forty. Yeah. So did not out. bounce off the green monster. That would have cleared it nice and nice and clean. Kike so, Hernandez is a special kid. Look out for Kike Hernandez, hottest hitter on the planet right now. And look out for us next week on Games and Grub as we will reportedly be back for a full roster once again. And we'll look forward to seeing you then or seeing you another time through Milwaukee. That will do it for us this week here on Games and Grub. Again, follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well at GrubMUR, and you can be at watching our content throughout the week and most likely 
Oh, that's right. Next week, fall break. So we're out. Yeah. No, next next week, uh, we'll keep you updated on any schedule changes about the episode. We'll try to... We'll, you know what? We, we'll might, do we might do a little remote session in the middle of the... Uh, oh, a remote recording? The UP. And bring it back? Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. All right. There we go. So a little <laughs> teaser on that. Uh, that'll do it for this week. This has been Games and Grub. This has been Games and Grub.